Uh-oh, that TV show we want to watch goes on in five minutes. America, stop rushing your life away just to catch a TV show. Get a Sony Betamax video recorder and automatically videotape that show while you're doing something else and watch it anytime you want. Sony Betamax, it could change your whole way of life. Get ready! Woo! We are on tour and we're doing it better than anybody else alive! This is the Cutline Podcast with your host, Michael Cavalunas. That is an oldie but a goodie. Nothing like a Sony Walkman to pick up your spirits, potentially get you in the right mood to build your best GPP lineups, Mai Tais, beaches, and golf. Now that's what I'm talking about. And the cut line breaks down the Sony Open. But first, hello Canada, hello USA, hello Australia, hello UK, all of our listeners from around the world. Welcome to the cut line to our returning listeners. Listeners. Woo. Talking. Greed works. Greed is good. Greed, you mark my words, might just save that dwindling bankroll that you have right now in your DraftKings account. To your new listeners out there. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. This week's show is brought to you by Golf Goons. Golf Goons is your NFT experience that is unlike any other out there. Each Golf Goon, each NFT contains 10 pieces that are broken down into four versions, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Each have varying ability, but in the end, if your goon wins a tournament, you get paid. That's right. It's worth just beyond holding the value of the goon, and they're increasing in price. They are minting in price. We have tons of multiple versions. Owning one on the initial drop is restricted, but guess what? You can trade for them, baby. Get as many as you want. Pay for as many as you want. Dropped every week based on the official golf golf rankings. Get in, man. Get in it. It's worth it. Worth a ton. Get in while it's hot. Get in while it's affordable, because pretty soon you're running out of time. Welcome to the Cutline. I'm Michael Cavalunas at Lunas on Twitter. Cutlinegolf.com is ready and it's rocking. All set for you to dominate this week's slate. From the tournament model to our Vegas page to the course report and of course the foreplay. You know you love it. Make sure you check out Cutlinegolf.com and everything that the Cutline has to offer. We're just growing, man. Site is growing. So we're going to drop into an old segment we call The Good, The Bad, The Ugly from last week's Tournament of Champions. The Good. Cam Smith, man. Cam Smith putted like mad. He was on fire. Now, technically, Cam Smith has four wins on tour. Technically. Right? But two of those came in match play. So really not kind of fair um, to say the least. But 
in the two events that Cam Smith has won as a is an individual. Okay, last year at the Sony and this year at at, at the Century Tournament Champions, he dominated on the greens. Dominated. All right, he was best in the field, and that is how he won his tournament. Is it going to correlate to this week? Not quite sure, but it's something to consider. The bad. I touted Jason Kokrak pretty heavy. And the reason behind my thinking was is I knew he was playing a lot. I knew he was competing a lot, like in terms of like off-course betting and all that other jazz that these pro golfers do. I thought that was going to connect well to to you know coming to the to the century, but you know what the course was just too big, too long, too hard for him. Struggled around the greens, Bermuda struggled with him. I thought the weather was going to be a lot worse. So that kind of affected the edge that you might have with Jason Kokrak. But needless to say, we're going to go back this week. Of course we do, man. That's how we rock and roll here. Ugly. I'm going to say it was no wind. I wanted weather, man. I don't like seeing, like, golf that's in the minus 30s. And granted, it's amazing, but not when you're watching Rom and JT and everyone just kind of smoke it. But no one really had a chance to come back once Rom and Cam Smith kind of opened up that lead. So... Didn't really have a moving day. You know, didn't have much of that. But congrats to all those uh, Cam Smith ticket holders from last week. There were a lot of you out there on Twitter. A lot of you very excited as, as if uh, as, as if 2022 is going to be your year. And I love it. I love it. All right. This week, we're going to break down the Sony Open. And as always, we're going to do the best we can. What is it about good sex that makes me have to crap? It's all that pumping, pump and dump. To make sure that you guys are cashing and smashing on Sunday, we'll be sure to bring in timely wax greenside sand traps and a putt that might drop in through the back door. And the goal of the cut line is to make sure that you're creating the best lineups, winning lineups, lineups that are kicking ass and taking names and scoring big with everyone's favorite six of six golfers through the cut line. And guess what? We got a cut line this week. Badass. Now, for your DFS lineups, if you need leverage, I know I'm going to be checking out FanShare Sports and FanShareSports.com. Even with my own personal ownership projections, I know that a second opinion is incredibly valuable. The guys I trust, FanShare Sports. Why? Because I'm the guy who does the ownership for FanShare Sports. Look, guys, we got everything you need at FanShare Sports to dominate a slate. Lee Aldrich, money. Rob G, money. Okay, you guys have an endless supply of stats, analysis, breakdowns, who the touts in the industry are looking at, all broken down for you on one dashboard. All right, you need a quick look at the slate, Fanshare Sports, way to go. You need stats analysis, research process, FanshareSports.com, that is the way to go. If you're not subscribed, easy fix, go to Fanshare Sports, type in the word cut line, and you'll receive 20% off your membership. Ownership is a leverage not to be belittled. This week's course report is brought to you by Pix Empire. Are you struggling at the sports book? It's no longer an issue for anyone following this grinder. They're up units, big units, and in the last 10 days, they've gone eight and two with massive returns. Make sure you go at Johan Sports Group on Twitter, click the link, find all the details, smash the books, man, crush it, sign up, and you'll be killing it. Killing it. Use the affiliate code CUTLINE, and I think you'll get like 20% off the membership. So make sure you get in now while the getting's good. This week, the PGA stays in Hawaii for the Sony Hopin. The BEA Utiful Wildlife Country Club hosts this week's golfers. 
see what's going on here. The course report. Look, the Hawaii swing continues as a full field tackles Wiley Country Club. Once again, the players look at a very easy course with its only defense are potentially high winds in the area. The classically designed course doesn't let players overpower it. An approach play is a must for success here. Hitting fairways is actually a must for success here. Like, not huge, but enough to have predictive scoring. The course benefits shorter players who rely on pinpoint accuracy and control their wedge game. Scrolling down, uh, like if you look down on the course report, you can actually see our approach distribution model, which looking at nearly in a five-year average, 27% of our approach shots come from 150 to 175 yards. And then over the five years, 19% from 125 to 150 yards. So you're looking at a very short approach distance for these pros. So look at your high irons, wedge players. That is going to be key. That's why Webb Simpson's going to be getting a lot of love being the case this week. Most players will dial back their club selection off the tee. Distance has never really shown an advantage here, but fairway accuracy leads to scoring. If the wind and weather can force any tee shot to be as difficult as driving actually does tend to be below the tour average. While being off the fairway isn't incredibly penal from an approach standpoint, I'd still rather have my golfers in the fairway if the weather gets nasty. Most players enjoy Hawaii and it shows with low scores historically. In addition, is a missed cut really that bad? You're in Hawaii. Many of the players in the field are coming off a holiday break where they just simply took a mental break from the game and practice break from the game. Even those players who were actually playing at their local country clubs were really not pushing themselves for tournament pre uh, preparation. It's going to be coming with, with time, grinding, and the potential tournaments that are in the future. So YLA plays a lot different than what we saw last week at the Century Tournament of Champions. It is a less-than-driver course, tighter fairways, but they share some aspects as well. The golfers who played last week will see Bermuda Greens again, an easy course, and a course that can be dominated if the wind never shows up, which is a high potential, a high possibility. Course records are always at risk when the weather plays in the hands of the best golfers in the world. Seth Rayner is our architect. Bermuda Grass Greens, 6,500 square feet greens, which is average size. We're on the slower side in the stint meter, 7,044 yards, 44 yards, par 70. Two water hazards coming into play with 83 bunkers. Weather report looking ahead. Slight winds. About 16 miles per hour on Thursday, really dead on Friday. Saturday, once again, we're dead. And it won't be till Sunday that we see Hawaii and those coastal winds rear their ugly heads. Past winners here, some nuggets and tidbits. Past winners have had two key stat correlations. In the past seven years, Kucher, Na, Justin Thomas, Gomez, and Jimmy Walker all dominated from tee to green. The lone exception are in 2020 and 2018, where Smith and his dominated with the putter. 19 of the last 22 winners at the Sony Open have been in their 30s and 40s. It's old man's course. Thank you, Kenny. 16 of the past 23 winners played at the Century Tournament of Champions the week before. Thank you, Kenny. Kenny Kim on Twitter. Follow him. The last 11 winners had a top 15 in one of their three prior starts prior to their victory at the Sony. Six of the past nine winners have posted a 72-hole score of 260 or less. Nice and easy once again. For some of these players who are coming in blind, but really pay attention to the weather forecast, it, 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 it's easy to make a mistake thinking the weather will come into play. I did the same thing last week. I was thinking that that weather was not going to stay consistent to the forecast. Again, you, you run gambles in DFS. Last week's gamble didn't work out as well for me. So, you know, we'll keep pushing forward with that. But there's plenty in the field. This is their first time participating in competitive golf for, for quite a while. And plenty of them are looking for their first win, second win on tour. 
Do not ignore the fact that there are a plethora of golfers who played at the Century Tournament of Champions. Kevin Na played terrible at the event the year he won, last year. He finished in dead last, or near dead last at Century, followed it up with a win at the Sony. So playing the Century is further supported that last year, 10 players that finished in the top seven last year at the Sony, six of them played the week prior. So... Past winners, Cameron, uh, Kevin Na, Cameron Smith, last week's winner. Matt Kuchar, Patton Kazire uh, in the last four years. Key stats I'm looking at, strokes gain tee to green, strokes gain approach, proximity from 125 to 175 yards. You can divvy that up, 150 to 175, however you want to do it. Opportunities gain, greens and regulation gain, and strokes gain putting on Bermuda. Similar courses, Sedgefield, Harbortown, El Camaleon, Sea Island Golf Club, and Colonial country club but the question the key question that you're asking yourself this week who are we going to play in our lineups let's break it down he's two putts from victory only needs one Ooh, got a member's bounce there boys that's birdie all day long So this is the Cut Lines Birdie or Better segment where we break down each tier of golfer from the top tier all the way down through the 6K range. But we're going to start this off a little different. Build strategy this week. One angle I'm going to attack. I am going to play everybody, regardless of where they rank in my projection model, confidence model, approach stat model. Everybody who played last week at the Century Tournament of Champions is going to be in my player pool this week. All right, to put that in perspective, that that's quite a significant amount of players. That's Cameron Smith, Matt Jones, Sunjay M, Kisner, Leishman, Davis, Matsuyama, Kevin Na, Gooch, Power, Sink, Horschel, Siwoo Kim, EVR, Joel Dahman, Harris English, Grace, KH Lee, Abram Answer, Glover, Herbert, and of course, Jason Kokrak, my favorite. But here's the, pers- here's, here's the reason why, all right? I talked about this in the nuggets and tidbits in the course report, okay? Um, I I can't take the credit for for these little stats and numbers, but 16 of the past 23 winners played at the Century Tournament of Champions the week before. That's a massive number. That is a massive number, all right? I did some data digging myself. 2021, Kevin Na, Mark Leishman, Morikawa, Billy Horschel, Kisner, and Berger all finished top 10. Guess what they did the week prior? They played the century. 2020, McDowell, Kisner, Palmer, Lanto Griffin, same thing. 2019, Leishman, three sticks, DeChambeau, Reed, same thing. Reed finished 13th, but I added him in. 2018, Kyle Stanley, JT finished 14th, Spieth 18th, Duffner 18th. 2017, JT back-to-back titles, Spieth third, Knox 11th, Grace 13th. There's an advantage here. Take advantage of it. All right, let's go break down that 10K range. So this week's 10K range is interesting. I mean, you're actually going up all the way to $11,200 for Cameron Smith. There's a lot of arguments to be made not to play Cam. And a lot of people are going to say back-to-back. Everyone's going to say, like, you know, it's, it's not something that could be a substantial lucrative opportunity to cash in terms of DFS, but... If we've seen anything with this tournament specifically, and we look at JT, JT won the Century and then came back and won the Sony. 
Um, you look at Cam Smith's course history here. He's got an average finishing position at 26th place in the last five years, including the win in 2020. Is putting lights out. So I, I, I get it if you don't want to play him because of his cost. Because he's really locked in at a price where he needs to win. If you think he's going to win, I think you get him in your lineups. Um, you can min or max your exposure. It's kind of really up to you. But I think there's some advantageous lineup building structure there that you can utilize. But from uh, Matsuyama, Simpson, Sungjae, and Mark Leishman, I like all these guys. I think they're all in play. Webb Simpson is obviously a course horse. He's someone that I want to play here. He loves short courses. He's got a lot of win equity here. If you look at the past five years, he's averaged finishing places to sixth in the top 10, which ranks fourth best. And, and we're talking about like substantial amount of data here versus someone like Brendan Steele in the 7,900 range who finished fourth and second. So his numbers are going to be a little bit higher. But Sungjae M is another player that I'm looking at to, to win. Looking though at Leishman, M, Simpson, and Matsuyama, the only guy I kind of question, and it's probably suspect at best even to rationalize this, but it would be the fact that he hasn't really done well here at the Sony. He's the second highest priced guy left in the field after the, the, the Shambo drop, but he's only averaged a finishing position in 27th place. He's at, he has made four or four cuts, though, in, in the past four years, so that's promising. Like, you need a cut maker, you know, that's potential for you to, for you to do well. But um, one thing I will say, your cash builds this week start with Webb Simpson. Um, it, it just is absolutely a lock. The guy loves this course. He's built for this course as a PGA Tour pro. In my projections, he ranks number two. In terms of like the average course projections, he's number three. He's number three. And and he's got a ton of stats to support that. On Fanshare Sports, Lee Eldrick's got him number one. So he's, he's your cash game number one lock. Looking at 2022 stats, you know, and the stats that I'm waiting here, he's number one. If you go back all the way to 2021, um, you look at the the stats that we're waiting, he's still number one in the field for PGA stats that we're waiting in categories here. And that includes ball strikings, approach, greens and regulation, scoring, uh, strokes against part fours, part fives. So it, it there's a lot of good things about Webb Simpson's game here. Yeah, he's going to be real chalky. So from a GPP standpoint, you might want to fade him and hope that he doesn't crush, but it's highly unlikely. I think you're going to need pieces of Webb Simpson in your GPPs to compete. Will he be in the top lineup? I'm not sure. But it is important to take advantage of the fact that he just lights up this course. Like, there's no doubt in my mind. Um, looking at the power power rankings, our final power rankings, Cam Smith's number one, and, of course, Webb Simpson's number two. And then Sungjae drops all the way down to number four. Leishman is at number six. Matsuyama is at number eight eight number eight so going to the 9k range the 9k range is interesting to say the least you got a smaller 9k range with just kevin na answer Corey connors harris english taylor gooch back to the narrative play that i talked about the structure in this 9k range one player didn't play last week that's Corey connors Corey connors did not play last week okay so the rest of these guys are in play for me being that they've warmed up. Now, Gooch has a terrible history here. So he's got a miscut, a 63rd, a miscut, and an 18th. Kevin Na won last year, but also a miscut, 36th. Answer, miscut, 38th, 29th, miscut. And then you get to uh, you get to Corey Connors. Didn't play here last year, but 12th, 3rd, and 39th. I think there's an advantage going to Connors here. 
I really do. I, I, I think, though, because of that course history, it's going to boost ownership way too high. I think people are going to fade guys like Kevin Na. They're going to fade guys like Abraham Answer because they saw last week how poor they were at, at a completely different course. So it's unfair to kind of do that and utilize that as your barometer for how they're going to play this week. I would say, though, that of all those guys, um, I think that you know your, your, your most questionable suspect plays are probably someone like Answer and Na just because of their approach rank. But again, we're looking at all courses that are long where they're going to struggle. Looking at 2021 stats, though, answer ranks number two in those weighted stats and categories. Okay. Uh, in my, in my approach model this week, we, we, we really looked at that approach weight on that 125 to 150 range, the 150 to 170 range. We weighted that pretty heavily this week. Um, in the overall stat model, we did the same thing. So the fact that Abraham answered in that overall stat model ranks number seven, that's pretty key. Kevin Na ranks number 26. Um, looking at Corey Connors, Connors ranks 12. And then there's Harris English, he's 52nd. 52nd. So 52nd place, 32nd last, uh, 30th last week, 32nd the year before. Never tends to play here, play well here. So if there is a guy that I would put like a red flag on for playing him this week, even though he played last week, it would be Harris English. Um, and that's probably in part to the fact that when you look at his, his putting long-term, it doesn't look that bad, but just his recent form on Bermuda, it's pretty mediocre. And then overall, it's pretty bad. He ranks 50th in the field. So you need a hot putter and he's not a scorer. He's not a solid approach player. He just doesn't do things very well. So he's more of that kind of volatile hope to get him at the right spot. And so far this year, two of four cuts. Two of four cuts. So he's not playing his best golf. Taylor Gooch, I think he's always a viable option. We've seen him at, at obviously last week at the Century play decently enough. He played 15, he placed 15th. But he's another guy with suspect course history here at the Sony. Miscut, 63rd miscut, 18th. Again, things and flaws in Gooch's game. If you look at the PGA ranks, he, he's solid in approach. He ranks ninth in the field last year, fourteenth uh, in scrambling, ninth in scoring, thirty-first in bogey average. But where he struggles is strokes gain off the tee. But that doesn't really matter here. He's going to be putting that driver away. But you know we could still see some potential issues with the fairway woods, with the hybrids, whatever the case may be. But I'm still going to take play, uh, you know, chances on Gooch, and and even though there are hiccups in his game, and we've seen him struggle here before. It's it's set up for people who played last week to be warmed up and ready for tournament play, especially when we got a cut event. Going down to that 8K range, the 8K range is kind of this 8K, 7K range is going to be where you make your money. Again, looking at the 8K range, we had guys who played last week that we are going to lock in, and that includes Kisner, Horschel, Kokrak, even though people are going to hate that. Look, it just wasn't the right time for Kokrak last week. I'll, I'll admit that. It was a mistake, and, and hindsight is foresight. But, again, he, he finished 56th in 2021. I know he's been playing. I've heard this. He's made three or four cuts this year. He he won the Houston Open. Okay? So, I, again, that was during the fall swing. But the fact that we had Jason Kokrak at such a min price, and he does things well right? He's a great ball striker. He's great in approach. He is solid in par five scoring, which I, you know, what I thought was going to be big. He's huge in birdie average. 
His around the game and scrambling game is where where he struggles, and and the putter struggled last week. It was bad. It was abysmal. So like you have to kind of take your. I'm glad I took my lumps with Kokrak at the at the century, but you know we've seen too often in DFS where you like a guy, you fade him after he burns you. In this case, I'm not going to make that mistake. I'm going back to Kokrak, and even if he burns me this week, I'm going to go back again. There's just too much upside for a guy who's ranked 22nd in the official world golf rankings. I got him projected in the top 10 in terms of like DFS projections. In the confidence model, he's 15. In the aggregate rank, he's 22. Overall stat model, he struggles at 37, but he played last week. And I want to take advantage of that. We've seen that before, especially with, with this tournament specifically. Russell Henley is not a guy I'm going to go back to this week, or not even go to this week. I, I'm just not buying into it. He uh, finished 11th here last year, but a miscut, 66th miscut, and then a 13th. So he's a great GPP play by all means, but he could easily burn you. I'd rather get burned by some more lower-end lower, lower end guys. We have seen him play so far pretty well. He hasn't missed a cut, and he's averaging a top 30 so far this season, and that includes the fall swing with his best finish being a seventh-place finish at the Houston Open, okay? And then it followed that up at the RSM with a 22nd place. So he hasn't played for quite a while, but Russell Henley has some upside here. Elite scorer, decent enough putter here on, on Bermuda, and ninth-place overall finish. But th- this takes us to everyone's, like, burning question. Matt Jones. All right, Matt Jones. Do you play Matt Jones? The guy... In my opinion, that round four got lucky. He got really lucky. He pitched one in from like 75 yards, made a putt that was so far away just to get a scoring down. And I have a hard time buying into Matt Jones doing that again for four rounds. I do. I, I I just don't potentially see that. He he was competing at a level with John Rahm and and Cameron Smith, and I I can't do it. Like I I'm going to play him. I, I can't say I can't I can't do it because, but even that ownership is probably going to be leveraged pretty high because of that play. So we'll see, we'll see. Billy Horschel, I love Kisner, I love. Um, Cokes, like I said, I'm going back to him. And these 8K guys, Maverick McNeely, someone I'm probably not going to be jumping all on. EVR, Power, and Cam Davis, of course, they played last week, so we're all in on them again. Um, now, Course Horse going down that low last piece of 8K range. CH3, Chucky Three Sticks, has never, ever in his whole entire career missed a cut here. I think, again, you lock him in your cash lineup with Webb Simpson. Just because there's so much upside here. Last five years, 19th, 12th, 8th, 32nd, 8th. When a guy loves playing a course, a guy loves playing a course. And Chucky Three Sticks has made the most money here. Out of any golfer ever, he's made the most money here. All right, he's won here before. And has only missed one cut so far this year, going back to the false swing. You look at his PGA stat ranks from last year, he ranks 29th in the field. 29th in the field in terms of the key stats that we're looking at. He hits fairways with the short, with you know, putting the driver away. He's solid on approach here. He is a decent enough putter. He loves playing here. That's the key for me. 
He's a cash game play. Not sure I'll go to him in GPP. I don't think he has enough top five upside for me to where I'll go overweight on him, but most definitely going to lock him up in cash. So, all right, let's break down that 7K range. The 7K range is interesting. We're going to start here at the top with Kirk Steele and Bez. The better player, without a doubt, is Kirk, between the two of them. Between Brendan Steele and Chris Kirk, the better player is Kirk. I, I would always side and argue with that, and I almost feel that Kirk is kind of egregiously underpriced for what we're looking at here. Um, fifth in my overall stat model, 16th in my confidence model, and Lee Aldrich's course suitability metric is 37th. Of course, that's based on course stats. Looking at his course history here, um, it's suspect, right? He's the perfect GPP type play. Three missed cuts and then two top 10 finishes in the last in the last um, <clears throat> five years. Of course, the second place finished last year. And, you know, you look at Steele, who I think is going to like raise his ownership significantly. Only played here twice the last five years and has two top five finishes. So his ownership is going to be, be leveraged. I think that is a huge kind of like red flag to me that if ownership is going to skyrocket because of course history, um, I'd be weary of that. But I do see the upside in playing it. The thing though is he is, he is kind of overpriced. He is kind of overpriced, like not egregiously overpriced, but I think there's a lot of risk if you're looking at that 7,900 range. Now we're going to go to Bez, man. Bazudinu, he ranks 15th at 40 to 1 to win this tournament. 40 to 1. He's $7,800. I get it. No course history here. None, right? I haven't seen him in a long time. I have not seen Bez in a very long time. But here's what you're banking on you are banking on a Bez putter that gets red hot. He's an exceptional exceptional Bermuda grass greens putter. Okay. If that's the case, he could run away with this tournament and at $7,800, I'm going to bet him. I'm going to first round leader him. I'm going to top five him and top 10 him. I think there's a ton of value in Bez at 40 to one at $7,800 in DraftKings player pool. You got to take pieces of that. All right. Siwoo Kim, Joel Dahman, Keith Mitchell, Kucher. I think those guys are all in play. Of course, some of them played last week. We all know that. We know this is a shorter course. I think Kucher kind of fits that bill and a potential upside there. The the one guy who I think is getting a lot of talk and a lot of chatter is Aaron Ray. And I get it. He's got decent Vegas odds at 80 to 1. He's popping in models, especially my overall stat model. He ranks 19th overall. It's just I, I, I caution playing him. All right? I caution playing him. He's never won on tour. He's 26 years old. He's never played here before. You know, you got to be suspect in questioning whether or not that is the right angle and right way to go. It's going to be an ownership play. If he's going to end up being like ridiculously owned, I'm not going to go to Aaron Ray. I'm just not going to do it. But I, I do see the ability to kind of leverage that field. Another guy that's kind of got some leverage here is Denny McCarthy. He's getting a lot of talk and chatter on Twitter. So for DFS purposes, you may want to want to fade him, um, but to absolutely 100% fits this course. Another great Bermuda putter. Decent enough on approach, especially on an easy course where you're going to put the driver away and so he'll be okay, but never played here. So you're going to have to manage that. But you look at like this year, this false wing, he's looked really good. Um, three of three in the last five cuts, he's made them with an average finishing position of 18th place. This was 10th at the RSM, 11th at the Houston Open, 
and then um, 15 at the Fortinet, and of course 39th at the at the Bermuda Championship. So there's a lot of upside here for Denny McCarthy, but again, minimal course history. I got him ranked 28th in my projections, so I think there's some upside there and things you can take advantage of. Kiz is always in play here, but there's always risk. You know what you're going to get with him. Um, you know he does have one missed cut in 2020, but then two top 10s and one top 20. So he kind of fits this course. The thing I don't like about Kiz is that he had a 56th at the Fortinet and then missed the cut at the RSM. We haven't seen him since, and we have not seen him at the, you know, at the Century Tournament of Champions. So meaning he he didn't he didn't play last week. So the 35 year old though we we did hear you know Kenny Kim sent this out um, has been really really doing a great job of identifying the fact that these 30-year-olds, 40-year-olds are winning this tournament. And this is not really a young man's tournament. So that that leaves us to Grio, right? Grio playing on Bermuda. We're always going to worry about the putter and the short stick. But if he's dialed in on approach, he can win any tournament. That's how good this guy is. Um, Course history is mixed here. We don't see any top 10s. All right. In the last five years, especially, we got 47th, 21st, 22nd, and 47th again. So, but at 7,300, I could stomach that 21st place. I could stomach a top 20 there, especially in that spot. Stuart Sink, absolute lock for me this week. Um, makes cuts here. 21st last week. Loved it. Um, Lucas Herbert, another option here. 37th last week. Coming in, you know, he's, gonna, he's not necessarily coming in hot, but he played, and, and I take advantage of that. Brandon Grace, same deal, and so is KH Lee. KH Lee, by the way, I'm going to take his first-round leader. KH Lee, I'm going to take his first-round leader. So Adam Long, Brian Stewart, and J.J. Spawn. These are guys I think you should avoid. Okay, These are guys who have terrible course history here, have just not shown a sign of success, and I think people are going to get sucked in, especially to Stewart. Um, is ownership going to leverage that high against them? I don't think so, but... Vegas doesn't love them at all. So I, would, I, I wouldn't throw caution on the wind and just randomly throw those guys in. So we'll go down to that 6K range. And there's one sneaky play up here at the top that I love. He's getting like single-digit ownership below 3%, below 4%, and that's Sneds. I think there's just tons of upside here for a guy who's won nine times on tour. He's in the 6K range. So you don't need him to win here to to take advantage of it. He's 40 years old, 41 years old. He fits this course 100%, and nobody, nobody is talking about him. We are talking less than 1% ownership for Snets. I think that's huge advantage, huge advantage. Again, other guys I'm going to mention, Swafford, Glover. Glover played last week, so you kind of lock him in. We're kind of going with that mantra this week. Um, but a guy I do like that is not being talked about is Nakajima. Nakajima is the world's number one amateur. You're going to see him at Augusta. I do potentially see him as a as a, as a mate like a, a pretty good solid chance to make the cut. Um, can he top ten? I don't know. Can he win? I don't know. You, you'd be more hoping for a, a top twenty for Nakajima, hoping you get it right with the five other pieces. But it is an option. Uh, word of warning here with Kramer Hickok. He's got about 4 or 5% ownership in my initial projections. Looks good for PJ Stats, the top top 20 finish last year. But I, I'm just not really going to be buying into that, especially down here you have so many options. Um, other guys I like, Nick Hardy, Graham McDowell, 
pretty solid here. Two guys that I think are overpriced, even in the 6K range, are Melnati and Sepp Straka. And then a few guys that I think are underpriced, just based on Vegas odds, Lee Hodges, Novak. Novak absolutely is underpriced at 6,300. His stats aren't going to pop necessarily anywhere, but he does fit this course solid. Um, he has not played here. And you know, in the last five years, so you are you are taking some risk. But at 6,300, he's already ranked, you know, in the top 60 in terms of Vegas odds at 151. Very well, very underpriced. Last one is Bo Hostler. Um, I think there's a lot of risk there, but another guy who, in terms of like 2021 PJ stats ranks, kind of fits it. But at 6,200, that would probably probably be the lowest I go. I don't know if I get there. I do not know if I get there. All right, let's take it home. Let's go. Oh, you men are all alike. Seven or eight quick ones, and you're off with the boys to boast and brag. You better keep your mouth shut. Oh, I think I love him. That's it. It's over. It's all over. That is the breakdown of the Sony Open. Join us next week as we break down the American Express at PGA West. PGA West. That's it for the cut line. Cash and smash. Get it done. Get some winners on Sunday. Peace. Peace.